Hey, we got a special treat for you tonight. After the service tonight, by the way, the kids are going to um, Starbucks, so go hang out with them. I think they play, where'd Shelly go? What do y'all play, Shelly? Uno, something like that? She's left. She's spicy Uno. Uh-oh, I don't want to know what that is. <laughs> well, hey, guys, I want you to welcome to the platform one of my friends, and he's been a part of this ministry for a long, long time. You guys give a warm JG welcome to my friend, Ryan Wheeler. Come on up, Ryan. So Ryan and I, of course, have, I've known him since he was knee-high to a grasshopper. Uh-oh. Not much taller. <laughs> But we met on, I'd, about a month ago, I said, Ryan, I want you to come and minister. He's ministered at JG many, many times, but he's never told his story. And so I wanted him to come and share part of that. I've, you know, been a front row participant to it. Um, and then we met Saturday at Westside Cafe, which I strongly recommend. It's one of the best. Shameless plug. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> if you just go for the bacon, you've, you've done. I mean, I just walked through the door hollering, bacon. <laughs> Bring the bacon. But as Ryan and I were talking on this last Saturday morning, just the presence of the Lord filled that place. And he's going to share some of the things that we talked about there. Um, but I want to start out by saying I remember, and we'll, hopefully we'll get to a lot tonight, but I remember I was, Ryan was probably seventh or eighth grade, and I remember something happening with your mom, and I go into your house, and he was out back playing basketball, um, just trying to work off what was going on there, and I have memories of just a young man that had been through so much, but came through it, so... Tell me, tell us about growing up and kind of just the ebb and flow of what you've been through and come through at, at a young age. So just take your liberty, and I'll interrupt you. Um, very young, um, my mom was involved heavily in drugs, um, and it it hurts to see the person who's supposed to be taking care of you, who's supposed to love you no matter what, make decisions that hurt you. And at nine, I remember her being picked up by the police, and I didn't see her for a long time after that. And I w I've seen her arrested in front of me multiple times. That was one of the days that she was arrested that was, in front of you that yeah. I remember. Yeah, that, um, sorry, it's been an emotional month. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> so, my life was uprooted when I was nine. Um, we were living in Oklahoma at the time with my great-grandmother who despite it all, is still living. She'll probably outlive us all. Um, we went to visit her a few months ago up in Tennessee. and But she got arrested doing stuff that she shouldn't have been doing. And we got uprooted. And uh, Danny and Rita Moore, they got a call from my great-grandmother saying that you know, the state wouldn't let her keep us because she's too old. 
<laughs> she was like 70 at the time. She's still kicking. Like, so, um, Danny, Danny and Rita moved on to heaven and left her. <laughs> so Danny and Rita uh, dropped everything and made the trip up to Oklahoma to pick us up. People that we're not related to in any way. Danita as well, just they sacrificed everything to rescue us. And the transition was rough. Lauren's here, my the only sister I had at the time. I've got more now, but she uh, she had a rough time of it. She was two, and I was nine. Transition was rough, but they did what they could. They did everything they could to help us, to provide for us, to keep us safe. Danita dealt with a whole lot of my stuff when I was going through teenage years. I'm sorry. Um, checks in the mail. But, um, yeah, it, and it didn't stop there. I mean, my mom ended up getting out of jail, and we tried to rebuild a life there, and we found a lot of stuff out about her past and about what got her set on that path. And it turned out to be her father mistreated her and did horrible things to her and she's gone now it's been about five years but I remember the most humbling thing she ever said she said don't be like me and she did everything she could up until her dying day to make sure that her kids were safe. I think one of the dichotomies that I saw with Ryan, of course I've known, I'll tell a story in a second about you, but Ryan and Amelia married, how many years ago did you guys marry? Five, a little over five. Yeah, and so um, I performed their wedding and then you guys had a reception, I guess a week or month or something after the after the ceremony, and it was the coolest thing. Um, Ryan and Amelia do or did dancing, ballroom dancing, swing dancing, all that kind of stuff. And so it was at a pavilion with this awesome food and, and all these people dancing, and, and your mom was there. And I don't know if you want to share about that or not, about your mom being there, but I saw one of the last times that I saw Leela Wheeler, and she saw what a beautiful life you had stepped into by serving the Lord. And, and I saw that firsthand, seeing just the celebration of y'all's marriage. And it was beautiful. It was awesome. I, I, you know, I never wanted to dance more in my life that day. And I knew that I was going to be, you know, <laughs> made fun of if I attempted anything. <laughs> but she saw that. And, uh, and I could see it in her face that you know, not knowing what her future was going to be like, but that you made her proud, that you had done something with, with your life. And, of course, you know, she saw you, your beautiful wife, and the life ahead of you. So it was a neat thing that day to see. Yeah, the, uh, that was a rough day, too, uh, trying, you know. She called me. She felt like she didn't deserve to be there. And I made it a point to, to grab Papa or Danny or Danita or somebody, go find her and bring her here. Oh, 
so hard to, she, she was hurt so much. She knew that she didn't want to hurt us in the process of her trying to figure things out. And uh, yeah, she, she was very happy for, to, to be there, to see, but she had a lot of shame and it was, I remember many times, the last year of her life, she was homeless. And I would get a call from some random number sometimes and it'd be her. She had had her stuff stolen from her or it was going to get down to freezing and she couldn't get into a place to be safe. And my wife and I would go find her and get her clothes and get her in a place where she would be warm for the night. I want you to share, and this we didn't, I didn't write this in the notes, share about um, Jordan Peterson talking about shame because your mom came from a place where she didn't think that she was worthy. She didn't think she deserved a good life and, and struggled and, and was taken advantage of many times. But talk about in honor of her, that root of shame of, of uh, rejection that we all deal with. Uh, in my quest of trying to figure things out. I did stumble across certain people on the internet. One of them is Jordan Peterson and people like Brene Brown. So I recognize that I'm, I've been very traumatized, especially in my childhood. And I recognize that more in my mother, especially after she died. Going through her things and reading hospital records, shelter records, just her stuff, her, her journals, her poems, and recognizing that she was victimized as well. And the thing is about each and every one of us is that we know ourselves the best. You see yourself in the mirror, you know everything you've thought, you know everything you've done. Before she passed, she was diagnosed with severe recurring depression and self-medication. At a young age, she was sexually molested, and then they got her addicted to drugs. In my entire life, I was so angry at that, and she felt so ashamed. She just kept going back to the thing that would take the pain away, only to wake up in the hospital room with me standing next to her, and she didn't understand why she was restrained. I remember Lauren calling me in the middle of the night, me racing over there, and the cops were there, and she was out of her mind. The EMTs saved her life, and she didn't understand why when she woke up. She kept running back to the thing that would give her temporary relief over and over. And she didn't, I don't know if she ever got to the point where it didn't matter. 
that we would figure this out and work through it. And she was trying to do that up until she died. But that's the thing. I, I, I've lost a lot of people in my life already. I'm telling my wife recently, I said, we're going to be sages by the time we're 35. <laughs> 35. <laughs> if then. <laughs> but, I remember 35. <laughs> but the... Uh, yeah, I, I, I do spend time, and this is, this is very important, that being able to take time to, to look and reflect, right? We, we're always told not to, to live your life through the rearview mirror, but it's okay to check it and make sure that, you know, the stuff's on behind you is not on fire, you know? Um, <laughs> so I take time, and I often do this. I, I live in my head a lot of the times. My wife hates it. And... Uh, I, take, I think back and I think about the things that, the best things that these people that were in my life embodied, right? Because it's, it's easy to focus on the most horrible things, right? And you think back and you look at her and you realize it's okay to hurt. But learn to trust someone. And that's hard in the, in the life that she lived, she had so many people that took advantage of her, and she took advantage of her fair share of people. It's just what was sown is what's coming out, and she never took the time to actually deal with the hard things. She ran to what she knew. She ran to the thing that would help her forget for the next 24 hours, and then it would just happen again. It's like, I'm sure everyone's familiar with sin, like you you get into sin and you feel ashamed and then you do that same sin again and you feel worse, right? It's this vicious cycle, right? And you have to get to this point where you stop and you look at yourself and you say, I recognize that this is what has happened and I choose to forgive myself first. And that's, that's really the start of healing. I remember doing a, a long time ago, a, a, it talked about beautiful scars. Yeah. And my mom was there. I and I talked about forgiving my mom for the things that she had done. And when somebody does something, something wrong to you, it's, it's a lot like, getting stabbed or you know, physically assaulted somehow. But the thing is, you can't properly heal from that until you take out the knife or t get the bullet removed from you or the shrapnel or whatever it is. Until that's removed, you can't start to heal. That process is forgiveness. Look, hurt people are going to hurt people. Severely traumatized people, all they know is that trauma. That they only know is that pain and that suffering. And they, they don't know what, what goodness is. They don't understand the gravity of peace. And until they're shown that, by the love of a father, they can't... I... Uh, I talk a lot about, you know, grace, and I grew, you know, <laughs> I grew up a lot in this church, and you see a lot of people who, 
who grew up in church, right? And they have this way about them, and that's, there's nothing wrong with it. But you pick out the person that had a horrible life before they found Christ, they have a very different perspective of grace. Very different. I think one of the questions you, you're going to ask is, I came to know the Lord at a very young age, and I said, my response, I wrote this down, was at a young age, yeah, I prayed the prayer. But to know God, they came through crisis. Yeah. It came through the, like, there's this, there's this, like, going to church, right? There's this, almost this flow a lot of people go through. And, you know, there's a lot of people who go to church, but there's, there's few people that, like, it, this is, it's like, yeah. At first, faith is this idea of, of uh, kind of believing something that you can't see, right? Or this putting trust in something you, you can't touch. Or it's this very, like, thin thing, right? After you go through some stuff and you realize that God got you through all of it, then that, that's not, the faith is no longer just this idea of evidence of faith unseen. Faith is this confidence in, the, in God that if he got me through that last thing... Oh, I feel sorry for whatever else gets in my way because it isn't me. If I'm lived through that, and that's the hindsight, that's the ability to look back and go, oh my God, I'm still alive. <laughs> I'm serious. And there's been a lot of situations like that where I'm not a total wreck. I'm not out here sowing the same seeds of destruction that were sown in me. And to know that nothing could have been me. I had no power. I was nine years old. And I remember a couple of years after that, running up to you and saying, hey, I want to do something, something for the youth. And you're like, well, we need a guy on the soundboard back there. Did that for about 10 years or so. <laughs> but being back there in those loud worship services before, before even worship began. And I remember going through the Bible looking for hope. And I found the Psalms 25 verse 1. In the Amplified, it says, Unto you, O Lord, do I bring my life. I didn't know what life, what I had. You know, what life did I have? I, here. And from that point forward, yes, I have seen death. Yes, I have seen strife and pain. But on the other side, I know that I've been able to bring some sort of hope to people, to the people around, to show them that, hey, I'm not perfect. I ain't never going to be perfect. You don't go to church, or you don't go to a hospital to find healthy people, right? You don't go to a church to find perfect people, that's for sure. And that's, that's kind of the thing is, uh, you know, we have these, a lot of misconceptions, right, about, about life or about these... The biggest one that I recently ran into is you have these, these, bad, these bad pieces of thought in your head that you tend to use as a um, kind of a, a, a lens to see everything else through, right? And when I've talked to you about this, one of the biggest one was blood is thicker than water, right? You hear that all the time. And the thing you hear about, you think about that when you hear it is, oh, family comes first, right? That's not the proverb. The proverb is the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb. It's the exact opposite. Family, yeah, they can be great. But when you make a covenant with someone, 
That's your blood brother. That's the person who is chosen to enter into this relationship with you through thick and thin. Through when it's easy and when it's rough. And it's those little things that you got to stop because it's so easy to get lost in cell phones and in whatever app is cool at the moment. Like, I don't do Snapchat. Um, but, you know, Instagram, taking pictures of clouds and stuff like that and getting lost in that. But what I think our society really is missing, because we all suffer horrible, horrible things, sometimes we do it to ourselves and we feel so much shame. We don't want to, we don't anybody want to know about that. You know, here, so I'm going to put the filter on this thing and make me look pretty and scrub out all the acne on my face real quick before I post it. And it's like... Honey, <laughs> I know for a fact that there is a God that is not only able, but willing. The Bible says he sits on the edge of his throne looking to be good to you. I took those hurtful things, those things, the sound bites in your head of what people have told you. And I replaced it with the stuff in my Bible. It's all green, right? Everything is about God. I went through the whole thing with highlighters. It took me forever. And I started another Bible, did the same thing. But I found the stuff in green. I found stuff in blue, which is his promises. Hebrews 13, 5, in the Amplified especially, it says, I will not, I will not, I will not. How many times do you need to hear it? I will not let go of you. The God, God says that he... The, the work he began in me, he will bring to completion. And he never stops working. He says, everything that was brought against you for evil, I'm going to turn around for good. I don't know what that is. <laughs> you know, a lot of times I get in stuff and there's a huge situation in, that we're in right now. And everybody has their timetables, right? This idea of, hey, I think, I think this should happen here. God, I put my faith in. This date. We need to fight this date. God's like, all right. And the thing is now, instead of getting upset of him not meeting my timetable, after all of this, it's simply, oh, see, that's what they told me the timetable was. But my God is working something even better. And when it shows up, it's... If he got me through the last thing, when he shows up, <laughs> there is only victory. There is only peace. There is only wholeness and fullness and completeness. Oh, the People album wrecked me, okay? Oh, I've been going through some stuff in the song that says, You love me as you find me. That person you see in the mirror, that nobody else sees, he loves you as he finds you. Oh, but his love is too good to leave you there. Oh, that wrecked me. Yeah, if you don't have that album, you need to get it right away. Uh, there's another one, that same one, in the highlands and in the heartache. Yeah. A lot of the times we think, oh, life is so good, I'm making good money, or I've made it somewhere. In the highlands and in the heartache. He's neither more or less inclined. He's the God through the darkness and the light the same. He's the summit where my feet are. 
the, the, actually, the first verse of that song says that. The, the guy says, I'll go anywhere. I'll do whatever it is to find you. But you're not that hard to find. So, I, and I've been rambling, but the... <laughs> I've seen, after that struggle with my mom and me entering adulthood, and my sisters were still growing up, and they still are, just like me... <laughs> She passed away. Suddenly. Oh, and that hurt. And the fallout from it hurt. But forgiveness is the first step to healing. And you need to be healed. Like I said, if you don't, if you don't face it, you don't, you don't get healed from it, then there's the high probability of you carrying that same thing on to somebody else. Every day since then has been you know, a walk of faith, I guess is a good way to put it. Just waking up and saying, this is the day that you've made. I'm still here, so I'm going to make the best of it. And we lost Dana, Danny and Rita, Rita first, and that was rough to see what happened to Papa <laughs> and Danita. And then he went soon after that, the people who rescued us. And I choose to honor their legacy by being that same mode of rescue to someone else, to fight to make things right for them, to never give up, to put my money where my mouth is, to not fake righteousness or religion. It's real. I cannot operate without it. It operates within me. Every day I wake up, I feel the presence of God holding me up through the day. Does that mean I don't face stress? Oh, God, no. There's a lot of that. But what keeps me going is that if I've been through this, and I'm still here, that before that, there's this, everything that I go through today is preparing me for my tomorrow. And that tomorrow is not, the end is not suffering. And that's the point. Everything I, that I... I want I, you to, I remember you saying Saturday... <laughs> Forgive me, but he says, even if this whole life sucks, <laughs> at the very end, tell him what you said at the <laughs> Even if this whole life sucks, at the end, there's hope. That's right. There's, I mean, there's the promise of heaven. Yeah. The promise of seeing them again. That's right. When I think of death, it's not an end to me. It's yeah. a, I can't. You won't return my text messages, but I'll see you soon enough. Because <laughs> I know where they are. And one of the things that... Oh, he's wiped away every tear. That's right. Ooh, he is... He holds them in a jar, and I've got a big jug <laughs> with my name on it. But knowing that on the other side, not only are there the people that loved me and that I love, but I'm excited to know that even though we suffer through lots of terrible things, my God is with me. He says, you will have uh, trials and tribulations. Yep, check, seen that. 
But he says, I'll be with you through it all. And here's the thing that gets me going. It's like everything that I'm going through today prepares me for my tomorrow. My tomorrow is bringing that hope, that restoration, that healing, that promise of a good tomorrow to anyone around me. (laughs) There's still a fight for a lot of people out there. That's right. A lot of preachers talk about, oh, you know, salvation is like, um, uh, you know, fire insurance, that kind of approach to it. Well, where are you going to be when you die? It's like, no, 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 no. Here's where it's at. Do you want to live life now? Right. Do you want to know what life is like when it's to the full and overflowing? Right. Do you want to know what it's like to know a God that holds you in the darkest times and restores you and makes your enemies pay seven times what they stole from you? Do you want to know what it's like to know a father that cares for you watchfully? This guy knitted you together in your mother's womb. And the thoughts that he has for you are good. And the next one, oh, the next scripture after that, because that's great, that's on all those graduation cards. The next one says... If you seek me with all your heart, you'll find me. And here's the thing about God. A lot of people think he's some stuffy old man sitting on a throne waiting to zap you with a lightning bolt, right? If you just look at Jesus, Jesus only ever did what he saw the Father doing. Jesus loved the people that were hurt the most. He brought restoration to destitution. He gives us beauty for the ashes of our lives. And here's the other thing is we get caught up in this instantaneous type. You know, you can literally pick up your phone and have whatever you want delivered in one day prime shipping. You know, before that, we called ourselves the fast food generation, right? And it's like, just roll up and you you don't have to wait for anything. Here's the thing. God is not like that. Sometimes in healing and stuff, he is. But here's the thing. God is with you for the entire journey. People will go, and T.D. Jake said it best. When people go, let them walk. And there's been a lot of people who have walked. But my God's here from here until eternity. This is the shortest thing we'll ever do. The Bible says that our lives are like a, a, like a mist in the ocean, a, a flower here today and gone tomorrow. But it also says that if God cares for the birds, if God takes care of those flowers that last a day, how much more does he care for us? Look, I'm not done today. I'm going to wake up tomorrow. I don't know how to quit. I don't know how to give up. I never learned it. How would you, what would you do if you did, you know, just sit there and wallow around and self-pity for a while? Why not fight? Why not? What's the consequence? You're going to be uncomfortable? You're going to be uncomfortable wallowing around in your own pity. But you know what? That fight, fighting the good fight, and you don't have to know everything, right? You don't have to be the perfect, the Lord knows I am not perfect. I'm not even trying. I gave up a long time ago. But I choose to love. The one thing I would tell myself from 15 years ago, I don't know how old I am anymore. When you get out of high school, you just like forget, you quit counting. 
I was angry. Because who wouldn't be? So much strife and pain. I said, love more. You never know. And that's, that's a huge, this is huge and heavy, and I'm sorry. But you never know how long you have. With the people around you, the people you love, you never know how long you have. So love deeply. Fight for that time. Never give up on people. Because here's the thing. They might be the most horrible person you ever met, but I'll tell you one thing. They're, they're just sharing the same hurt that they hurt, learned from somewhere else. The love of God... can penetrate so deep and so quickly and bring to them that, that beauty for the ashes of their life. We get to this point, you know, there's, there's this places in Christianity, I've been through them all, where we're like, oh, I don't know if this is going to work. You have that kind of faith thing where you're trying to put your faith in something that's not seen, like you don't have experience with it yet. But when you get there and you have the experience of God showed up, there is no other explanation for what just happened. Then the conversation is less of, eh, I don't know if I want to talk to this person. And it's more of a, well, let me tell you. Right. Here, I wrote this book. Read it. This is my life. Yeah, it was that bad. He restored it. Yeah. Instead of this being a statistic of another crime statistic, of being the product of what my parents were. I did something neither of my parents did. I got married. Step one, right? I mean, plenty of other steps, but I got married. They never did that. And I chose to remain married. And I chose to be a haven of hope to those around me there. People who are just as messed up, if not more, than I am. And still just choosing to be with them, being around them. And it's not like... There's this weird thing of trying to like, you know, separate yourself from this holier than thou situation. Here's the thing: God is in every single part of every part of your life. There is nothing He will not be in. There's nothing that He, nothing is here that did not be created by Him. Now those things get perverted by people and by the enemy. But there's not a part of your life we fool ourselves. Oh, God doesn't know about this. I was like, I, I see everything, but despite it. And he's not even mad at you. That's the part that you have to get over real quick because your parents get mad at you when you do something dumb, throwing things at you. No, that's not normal life, sorry. Um, <laughs> but he, he loves you as he finds you. And I, I, that's the simplest way. Like, one of the things that, the, the biggest thing that gets me through any of this is worship. And the reason why is because we can get kind of turned off by reading the Bible, right? It's just thee, thou, and all this stuff you've heard a million times, and it doesn't click. Here's the thing about worship music is, like, it's, music is designed to get into you. I mean, even it's, it's the record, you know, companies do this on purpose. They get the earworm in you, and you want to go and listen to the same dumb song over and over, really dumb lyrics. And then, then there's worship, <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't have a dumb lyric. It has something earth-shattering written within it. If you find some good worship music, 
stuff that's deeply has a deep revelation hidden within it and you start getting that in your spirit and it will shatter those terrible places in your life like i said i've been in church a long time and i've you know i read and and, and worshiped and but there's there's something about when this came out in the time of my life the timing that's another thing the timing of god is impeccable and you don't understand it at the time but then you start my wife and I were doing this recently we're like what what then this and then this and it's like he set it up so that there would be optimum protection in a place and that is humbling to recognize that one nothing just happens and two that he is trusting us enough to allow us to be what other people were to us in our time of need. So, look, life, we, 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 I watch a lot of movies, <laughs> TV shows and stuff, a lot of movies. And, you know, the, Richard brought up Rocky, Rocky Balboa. He's like, life, life will beat you to your knees and keep you there if you let it. But it's not about how much you can give. It's how much you can take and keep going. But here's the thing. You're never alone. This life is going to be rough. Oh, but the joy. It's no longer about me. And that's a rough thing to say. We we take selfies, me space, or, you know, Facebook, all the stuff you have you take your focus off and that's that's a big thing too is at an early age i decided to start giving i gave of my time and of my talent and i learned things and i got better you beat excellence into me as a kid and i didn't have you know solid things to see that in me to for you know to get me there and i appreciate that as a result i gave i volunteered for years I still volunteer. I give whatever is asked. Whatever you ask me to do, I'll do it. It doesn't matter what it is. As time has gone on, I went from sound, which there's nothing wrong with it. I love, you know, my, you hop in my car, my sound, the, play any song you want. It's going to sound awesome in that car, all right? I take time. I will not drive a rental until I fix <laughs> the sound system in there. But over time, been promoted. And I developed my skill set, personal and professional, just being faithful. There's things that I never really got to see from my mom, like faithfulness, integrity, honesty. And when I saw those in people like you, in my grandparents, Danny and Rita, and Danita latched on so strong to that. And I chose not to, to follow in the footsteps that led to destruction. But I chose to take the hand that was given to me and get pulled out of that to set my life on a different course, to not be that statistic in its hard work in every day. 
it's a recalibration of your mind that you are not the victim here. You're the victor. That I know what I see in my life, but this book, this Bible, which I choose to believe, says that I'm above only and not beneath. That everything I put my hand to prospers. Not me, because I know I'm incapable. Trust me, I learned that early. Can't save myself from the consequences of my mom or the consequences of anybody else. My dad ain't that great either. He's funny, but he ain't that great. And so, like, like it's, it's true. Life's going to hit you pretty hard, especially as an adult. You never know what's going to be around the corner. But God. That's the best sentence in the whole Bible. But God. He never gives up. He never walks away from you. No matter how much you get yourself into a jam or you destroy yourself or the people around you, he never quits. He is always good. And he is waiting to take those bitter places, those terrible things. You can be mad at him too. He'll wait. Because when you realize that God is only there to bring you life and bring it to the full. And then the first part of that, that verse is that the enemy is the one that brings death and destruction and steals from you. When you realize that it's not God that's hurting you, he's only there to help you and to love you no matter what. A strange concept it is of unconditional love. It's a very strange one. In fact, a lot of us have to go to therapy to understand, like, how does that work? Because we don't get it. You feel like you have to perform, right? My worship is the same when I'm on my couch playing, you know, playing piano, and I'm not very good at it, but, you know... It's the same there or on stage or if I'm running sound or even the lyrics. I did that for years too. Faithfulness in focusing not on yourself but on those around you, your perspective changes. Because it's real easy to look at yourself in the mirror and only focus on those terrible things that you know you did or those terrible things that people did to you and live in unforgiveness. When you focus on helping somebody else and you get your focus off of you, And you give of your time and you volunteer whatever it is that you have available to you to make something for someone else better. Your perception changes. You start to recognize I'm not the only one going through hell. And everyone has their own version of it. When you choose to help someone else. Oh. That sets, that sets in motion the opposite of what was set in motion for me. Instead of sowing death and destruction into someone else, I choose to say, you know what? I'm going to go to church, and put a smile on my face, and I'm going to make sure those lyrics are on time. And I tell you what, I was really good at that for a long time. And just making it, doing the best I could with what I had and giving it to someone else, giving up my time. I remember washing the church van at Grace Church and I'm short. Like, I can do this. I can do this off the curb, right? And uh, I can get the, you know, the climb all over that thing. They make sure the roof was clean and just 
but sowing those things of service. And what I've, what I've reaped from it is success. In my professional life, because I've seen so much, their stuff is like a molehill. It's like, really? <laughs> you know, they scream about revenue and all this stuff that you hear about in the business world. Getting stuff done. My crisis management is pretty good compared to those people. Yeah, and you know, a lot of times people who have been through similar things as me do crumble and get stuck in the same patterns that their parents did of self-medication or you know, the severe reoccurring depression in my case. But what you don't understand is on the other side, you're going to be so well equipped. And the other thing is like, he'll get you through it. It may look like so dark, so dark. But that's the thing is like, we, we plan, right? The Bible says the men have their plans, right? And it goes this way. God laughs at them. We can't see what he sees. And that, that's, that's the most humbling part, is that I can't see the other side yet. Oh, but I know. Oh, but I know. He says that it's going to be a bright and beautiful day. And all this stuff that's burning down in your life right now is going to be beauty there. It's the last thing. I, rem- I went down to my biological grandfather's funeral. The man that set in motion these terrible things with my mother. And I was so mad. And I went down there. And we had this service. And I was a little irritated because the guy that got up there and talked said that he found Jesus. And I, being selfish, I didn't want that to happen. And I'm being honest. I wanted him to feel what I felt. To see, he didn't show up when my mom passed and he was an hour away. But he did. He found Jesus before he passed and I remember going to the um, that church that we grew, you know, we spent many a time many church services in there before we moved here and the outside looked just like I remembered it some ratty old tin building, right and we go inside and oh my god it looks like a mega church, it's beautiful beautiful flooring beautiful seating, I mean it looked gorgeous and I found out from the pastor there had been a fire. And the outside, yeah, it looks the same, but on the inside, it's brand new. Oh, they hit me so hard. The fire. On the ins- you may look the same on the outside to everybody else, but God can make you brand new. He can make those crooked places straight. you got to do say unto you O Lord do I bring my life and just hang on have you enjoyed Ryan tonight I mean yeah I remember him as the young man and watching like you and Taylor is like watching my children and you guys both make me crazy proud Ryan did one of the first summer camps that that you were on I remember this little bitty kid, and you're skinny and muscle shirts, and then and I remember running around to the place, and uh, he'd come giggling through the through the dorm where we were staying, and 
I said, what are you laughing at? And he had gone in there and taken a little snicker fun size and had squished it in his hand to make it look like poop and then put it on the, on the toilet seats. It's like, get, clean that off of there, Ryan. I mean, he thought that was the funniest thing. It was poop looking off. <laughs> I was like, holy cow. Well, who would have known that you became the man you are today and you, you make me proud? I read this this morning in my quiet time and I instantly thought of you. Psalm 37.5 of the Passion, it says, Give God the right to direct your life. And as you trust Him all along the way, you'll find that He pulled it off perfectly. And I thought, oh wow, that's just, that's, this, that's all of our story, not just Ryan's story. And what a tribute to Danny and Rita Moore and to Danita Deleon for investing in you and, and Morgan and, and Morgan. And uh, Kaylee and, yeah, Morgan, I'm sorry, Lauren, Lauren, why were the Morgan was stuck in my head? Lauren, um, to give you that platform to know the Lord and love the Lord. And what a testimony to, um, to their lives and to the faithfulness of the Lord. So um, thank you for being here tonight, and I'm proud of you. And I know that God's can, it's only begun.